Hey, welcome to Vine Church Fort Myers podcast. We are glad that you took time to listen. We pray that the message of grace empowers you today. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15. We're going to read it and then we're going to pray. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom, a spirit of revelation, a spirit of knowledge of Him. Verse 18, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us, who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ, When he raised him from the dead and seated him at the, his right hand in the heavenly places. 21. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named. Not only in this age but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as had over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, we resound the apostolic prayer right now. This morning, let the spirit of revelation fill this room. Let the eyes of our hearts be open to receive the infallible, inerrant, all-powerful, two-edged sword, dividing word of God. It changes our mindset. It has the power to restore relationships and bring us to these heavenly places. Oh, we stir up faith this morning, Holy Spirit. We have our minds captive. Our hearts open. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Are guys ready? Today, the title of my message is Revelation. This is the most important element a Christian should have in order to enter his overcoming standard life. The normal Christian life should be, as Paul says in Romans, more than conquer. We are called to be overcomers. Say amen. So we do not just name us or, or create that slogan for us as Vine Church by chance, just because it's sketchy. We want to be a church of overcomers because that is the standard of the normal Christian life. Say amen again, everybody. So if you are living anything short than that, you are out of God's purpose for your life. 
This is the, this is the biblical logic. Romans chapter 8.31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can beat us? Who can win against us? Who can overtake us? Who can destroy our marriage, break our business, and separate our children? Who can make me addicted to any drug or alcoholism? Who can stand against us? None. No one. Nothing. Say amen, everybody. So if you're living anything short than an overcoming life, there's something wrong in your revelation experience. The Bible keeps saying, verse 32, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how he will also with him graciously, he will not also with him graciously give us all things. Now, look the logic. If God gave the most precious, expensive gift ever, His Son, Jesus Christ, for us, how He will not provide you the resources, the connections, the relationships, the open doors in your college, in your business, in your ministry, while He gave us everything in Christ, why are you going to restrict you from that Petty, small blessings you are asking Him. And more than that, these blessings and requests you are asking God in prayer, it is for God's fulfillment. God's eternal purpose, fulfillment in your life. In other words, we have already everything we need to fulfill God's eternal purpose. Now, why... A lot of people are short of that experience. Why some of you guys listening to the sound of my voice, watching online, look to yourself and realize, Pastor, mm, I'm not in that position. Like, I may know that in my mind. I, I, I feel encouraged by these words. But in practice, my life is in defeat. I am being overcome by my bad habits my mood and my temper is defining who I am instead of what the Bible says that I am I am being shaped by that social media influencer or whatever feelings come to my mind why there are so many Christians living short of this overcoming victorious is standard life Paul says why is the lack of revelation. Are you guys with me, everybody? And again, I don't want to condemn you. I want to shake your shoulders. Maybe slap your face. No, I don't want to do that. But really to make you wake up this morning. To realize what we need is to have the eyes of our hearts open to see the riches in Christ. We need spiritual eyes to be able to see that riches. And I know that we learn early in our Christian walk, that it's better to believe first and then we will see. And this teaching is correct and is based in the rebuke that Jesus gave to the unbelieving Thomas. Let's go to the story. This is in John chapter 20, 
verse 29, Jesus is rebuking Thomas saying, Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So it is correct this aspect of believing first in order to see then. But this is only for those that did not believe in the resurrection of Christ first. But because I saw you here last week, Easter service, and I know you believe in the resurrected Christ. Come on, somebody say amen. So I, you are in another stage now. You are in the stage of Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15. We need now, after we believe in the resurrected Christ, to be able to see. Yes, it, we need now to see in order to believe. Actually, let me explain this better. Before you believed in Christ, you were not even able to see a thing. We are all blind. We had no eyes whatsoever to see spiritual things. But now that you believe in Christ, you have spiritual eyes. Say amen. But what is the use of your spiritual eyes if you don't open them if you keep them closed now you are born again you have a spiritual eyes but some here in this room have the eyes closed it's interesting because from all the prayers that Paul could record here in the Bible to teach us how to pray as an apostle from all the things he could he encourages us to pray for one another he didn't pray for us to have more money to buy a gymnasium as a church building he didn't teach us to pray for finances or how to restore our marriages for all the prayers he prayed he prayed for one thing that we will have revelation for example, Philippians chapter 1 verse 9, he repeats the same prayer. He says, it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. Knowledge, discernment, blended together creates revelation. In the original, in the Greek language of Ephesians uh, chapter 1, this block of verses is one single paragraph with 169 words. It's not divided in verses. Nobody writes a letter in verses, Bible verses. So Paul originally did not place little numbers before each thought. It was one single complex thought shared in one single paragraph. But how many of us... As parents, as business owners, as pastors, life group leaders, we pray with earnestly this type of prayer. God, just bring revelation of who you are, Jesus. The riches hidden in you, Jesus, to my people. And they will enter in everything you have destined them to be. The problem when we don't have revelation is that we lack 
spiritual wisdom to know God. Revelation provides us enlightenment to know God's plan. It is revelation that gives us insight to know God's pleasure. Revelation is what gives us spiritual understanding, spiritual intelligence to know God's power available for each one of us. William Rodolph Hurst, a famous American businessman, newspaper and publisher, he even dared to step in uh, polit uh, political life. He was known for developing the nation's largest newspaper chain and media company in the early 20th century. And he had this habit of collecting exquisite historical items from medieval boots to swords and entire armors. And one day, as he was checking out one of his dozens of magazines, he looked to a picture of this historical item that he just craved to have it. So he called his researchers and he spent a lot of resources to find where he could buy that historical collecting item. After a couple of weeks and a lot of money spent, his researchers came back to him and said, Mr. Hertz, we found out that the item you are looking for is one of your warehouses. You already bought that item a couple of years ago. I know that story makes us feel so bad, right? But I wonder if some of us are still looking for something that we have already. We're still wondering, oh, if I just could have that. That anointing. That revelation. That intelligence. That connectivity. That ability. That skill. That gift. Whatever you are thinking of in Christ Jesus. If it is part of your divine purpose... I dare to say, you have already. Can you say this to your neighbor? You have already. Come on, look to his eyes and say, you have already. Stop looking for, look to the right place. So that's why we need spirit of wisdom. Spirit of wisdom. One of the amazing benefits of wisdom is discernment. Discernment is that gift to know the right time to do the right thing with the right person wisdom connects the right time with the right person and we are able to do the right thing somebody says that success is preparation meeting the right opportunity but without wisdom you're not going to find that right opportunity you will simply dismiss it you will ignore because you don't have wisdom to see it and revelation gives you a spirit of wisdom first corinthians chapter 1 says and because of him you are in christ jesus who became to us wisdom from god righteousness and sanctification and redemption when we have revelation of Christ if we see Christ we receive within wisdom 
Look, your marriage does not need a break. What you need is wisdom. Your, your money problem does not need another loan. Your parenting struggle does not need another rule. What we need is wisdom. If we find wisdom, we're going to have that right word that will unlock the closeness, the hardness of our communication between spouses. You are saying A, B, C, but she understands X, Y, Z. And why this happened? Because you don't have wisdom for your marriage. You need wisdom that comes from revelation. If we have wisdom, we're going to know that aspect in our financial life that is making us don't have self-control. Actually, this is a very good definition of wisdom. Wisdom, uh, uh, it's self-mastery. Uh, it is self-control over your cravings. It's what makes you understand the difference of a need and what is only a desire. Are guys with me? But without wisdom, you make every desire to be considered a need. And you spend more than you have. And that's why you're thinking that what I need is just another credit card. No, you don't need another credit card. You need to burn all of them. You need to get rid of all of them. That's what you need. That's wisdom right now. Come on, somebody. When you lack wisdom... You think that what you need is more restriction. But instead, you need the right words to approach your child to you. Proverbs 8.35. By the way, Proverbs is that limitless spring of wisdom. And I highly recommend you just to be humble enough to go back to the old school of reading your Bible and open your Bible in Proverbs and finding wisdom. But I love the way the author of Proverbs brings wisdom for us. Wisdom is not a thing, pay attention, to acquire. Wisdom is the result of a relationship with a person. Oh, that deserves a Facebook post. I'm going to say it again. So wisdom is not something you buy in Amazon. It's not something you buy online after you go through that online course or whatever, mentoring. No, no, no. Wisdom comes as a result of a relationship with a person. And that's why wisdom, this character, this figure, shows up in the book of Proverbs as a woman. As a female woman willing to share his gift, her gift. Her anointing. Look what it says. For whoever finds me, 835, finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. Oh, I want the favor of the Lord. It is good to have the favor of people. When you have favor from people, you have opportunities in that that others don't have. When you have the favor from people, you actually enter in that job of opportunity that others will not get it but 
better than any favor from people is to have the favor from the Lord. Because the Lord inclines the hearts of kings and nobles. And God himself will open all their other doors for you. Verse 36. But he who fails to find me injures himself. And all who hate me love death. So wisdom makes you to develop self-mastery, discipline. Wisdom is also the same as having self-control. The word translated from the original, it means skilled at making sound decisions in life. Now, again, if I'm talking about revelation, and I'm telling you that revelation is the ultimate source of wisdom, I don't want you to think that revelation is that mystical experiencing of receiving some sort of light like a light bulb in your head a eureka moment or some sort of superpower ability that sometimes when we read in the story in first kings that solomon prayed to god and instead of asking for riches and conquering he asked for wisdom and god suddenly gave him all that he could have an understanding this is not what i'm talking about because if you read a little bit more about Solomon, you're going to find out that he was a constant student. He was a continue, continuous student, learner. So that's how actually he developed also his wisdom. Ephesians 1.17. Revelation in the knowledge of him. So it's all about knowing Christ, knowing Him personally. In other words, wisdom and revelation is a result of a relationship. The word knowing Him or knowledge here sometimes is used as an euphemism for sexual intercourse. Oh my friend, that means to know someone. When you are in the most intimate moment with your spouse, you really know him or her. So that's how the Bible actually used the word knowing. And can I dare something? To dare to say something? It is this kind of intimate knowing God's heart beat to that level that makes us to have wisdom. Say amen, everybody. Now... Paul keeps saying, verse 18, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. Verse 18, 118, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance into the saints, in the saints. Now, without spiritual eyes, we are unable impossible achieved any knowledge whatsoever but he says that when we have spiritual eyes now we have hope what kind of hope it's not a it's not a hope that you don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow it's not that kind of hope that you say i hope tomorrow the weather may be delight delightful no 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 
the hope that the Bible uses is this kind of certain expectation. For example, you don't have hope that tomorrow will be Monday, do you? No, you know that tomorrow will be Monday. So you expect Monday to come tomorrow. So this expecting to come with certainty, pay attention, is what hope in the Bible should mean for you. Did you get it? Anybody get what I just said? So it, I know we use hope as that wishing to be, but you are not sure. You just hope. No, 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 no. The hope in the Bible is expectation, but it's expectation with certainty. So our assurance of the coming blessings is based on God's action in our own lives, in history. But most of all the certainties, we can look to the finished work on the cross and we can perceive the action of the Holy Spirit within our hearts. So we will inherit many blessings in the future. But the main point in the letter of Ephesians is that God will inherit us fully. So it's almost like we are in God's eternal purpose and we have no way out. He will accomplish what He has designed it. Now but let me explain this better for you guys because if you don't get it, the importance of His spiritual eyes, you're going to miss everything about Revelation. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 46. But it's not the spiritual that is first, but the natural. And then the spiritual. What I mean about this verse here is that without you first coming to the church, listening to us online, being exposed to the teaching of the Word of God, you will never be able to come into knowing Christ. Nobody comes to Christ just by chance, stumbling in a rock and say, you know what, I think I need Jesus today. No, you have to listen to the Word of God. And even though you don't believe, you are being exposed naturally to this knowledge, to this teaching. Now, first is the natural. The results should be spiritual. It's almost like I bring before you a treasure. The treasure is before you. However, you don't have eyes to see. You are not born again yet. You are exposed to the word, but you are lost. You are a natural person. 1 Corinthians 2.14 is in a natural person. You do not expect, accept the things of the Spirit of God. I remember in preaching Jesus to my dad, my unbeliever father at the time. And he said, look, I can accept as a, as a doctor he is, I can accept that there is some sort of designer behind the design. Being a doctor, he knew that a human body could never come in such an organized, intricate, perfect way together without a designer behind the design. Say amen, everybody. 
But when I was preaching Jesus for my father, he says, I don't get it. I can hear you. I can make sense of your words that you try to apologetically explain to me. But I don't get it. You, you are trying to speak a language that I don't have the translation within my heart. In other words, the natural person is unable to understand spiritual things. For them is a folly. They are not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So everybody needs spiritual eyes. Now, this is before you're born again. The moment you believe in Christ Jesus, the moment you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, you receive His spiritual eyes. Say, say amen, everybody. You now finally can understand. You finally can see the treasure before you. You were listening before the word. But now the word comes in revelation. Now those that have been born again. They are now capable to see the treasure. However, if you are in a dark room with no light. There is no use to have spiritual eyes. The treasure is before you. You have spiritual eyes. However, you are in a dark room. There is no light within you or outside of you. So this light, I dare to say, is the feeling of the spirit. Is the fullness of the Spirit. If because we are Pentecostal and charismatic, it is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, my friend. Without the overflowing, without the overtaking of the Spirit in your life, you still read in your Bible with natural lenses so many times. Yes, you are saved. Yes, a lot of the truth comes to you and makes that awe moment. I finally get it. But there are some parts that you simply don't get it. For example, Jesus says, I did great things, but you will do even greater workers. What? How can I do greater workers? Yes, the apostles to confirm Jesus' resurrection through their hands, signs, miracles, and wonders are being operating. I don't get it. Is miracles and wonders even for me right now? So a lot of the treasures... Of Christ is still hidden for those that does not have light. The Holy Spirit overflowing over them. And you wonder, Pastor, I don't see this hermeneutic approach being the best way. So let's go with me to Proverbs 20 verse 27. The spirit of man is the lamb of the Lord. Searching all his innermost parts. If that it was not enough in the Old Testament, let's go to the New Testament. 1 Corinthians 2, 11. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person, which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Say with me, I need the treasure. Say, I need spiritual eyes. Say, I need spiritual light. Spiritual light speaks about the Spirit of God. So seek after. Come in the worship night. 
Don't miss the next time we're going to get together in prayer. Because you need a spirit-filled life. Come on, somebody. Without it, you will always lack revelation. Are you guys with me? Is anybody receiving anything this morning? I am. So I don't care if you're receiving or not. Because I know when we move in the spirit, some spiritual hidden truths are revealed in a new perspective. And you know what I'm talking about. I know you know this. You had this experience once in a while, but you didn't value it. You didn't treasure it. There is more. The treasure is before you, the Word of God. You are born again. You have spiritual eyes. And now you are baptizing the Holy Spirit. You believe in the supernatural. You have that, that teachable heart for the things of the Spirit. However, you are prideful. You are cocky. You are show off. You are such an unteachable person. And when you come to the service, my accent hurts to your ears. And for some reason, you close your, your, your eyes because you don't like this teaching. Because I heard this one day, Pastor. I don't need to. In 19, in the 80s, I heard about this. And now you are not teachable anymore. And you keep your spiritual eyes closed. Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door. I will paraphrase Jesus' words. Opens their eyes. They will see again. They will experience again. Would you please do yourself a favor? Be more teachable. Be humble enough to come to the service and hear again the truth that sets you free and keeps you free indeed. Now, there's more. Because in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15 and on, Paul creates a condition for this ongoing, constant revelation experience. Number one is that teachable heart eyes of your heart open constantly open but pay attention he says more now verse 18 having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints everybody say with me in the saints poke someone and say i'm a saint my brother i'm a saint come on tell him or her say i'm a saint yes so it is among us that the inheritance of god will be delivered an inheritance in the saints come on somebody come on where is it my slide inheritance in the saints is it that big enough for you guys to hear and see because there are some treasures that it is disclosed to you in your personal pursuit of revelation in the Word of God. But there are countless of them that God intentionally hold it together and He will only open the chest in the saints. Let me give you a, a better word. In the church, among us, 
Actually, if you keep reading the rest of the, of the, the paragraph, you see Paul exalting Christ's greatness. But the final manifestation of Christ's fullness is in the church. Can you guys go there with me? It is Ephesians 1 verse 22. He put all things, 22, under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church. There is an inheritance. Some treasures of God. That is that will only be disclosed, available, accessed in the church. Say amen, everybody. I don't like the church, Pastor. I like Jesus. I like the songs. I don't like the church. So be miserable, my friend. Just live your miserable, terrible, poor, spiritual life forever. Without the church, you will never, ever enter in the fullness of God for your life. Period. It's not because I'm a pastor. It's because I had experienced the therapeutic healing power of the church. So I boldly stand before you guys and I'm telling you, I'm only mentally sane preaching to you guys because of the church. This is my greatest testimony. 2016 when my little one went to heaven and I had no mental stability. My emotions were crushed. I was something else but not a human. Me and my wife were at the verge of divorce, separation, brokenness because every other couple that faces loss of a son will end in divorce. But the church, the fullness of God in the church healed us, brought us back, restored us. So I'm telling you, a woman called Shayla, Shayla, she said, I don't need the church. I can pray by my own. It's just a matter of loving yourself and be gentle with others. She developed the religion called Shalaism. And Shalaism is the typical American thought of individualism that thinks that that's the standard of Christianity. Is the idea that I can experience God and His blessings without the body of Christ. But we all know that alone we will not survive. Actually, research has said that if a human is stripped naked and put in an environment of zero, zero degree Celsius, 32 Fahrenheit, in 20 minutes, my friend, you are dead, which means that we need warmth. We need one another. And there is this conspiracy in the world to push us into individualism. But we're not going to fall into that trap. These empty chairs were meant to have people, guys. And the devil is just pushing them to isolate themselves and believe there is possible to live a victorious, overcoming, fullness of God type of life by themselves, but it is not possible. 1 Corinthians 12, 14, For the body does not consist in one member, but of many. 1 Corinthians 12, 27, Now you are the body of Christ, and individually members 
of it. If I take my arm out of my body and place it over this table and I detach from my body, this piece of limb over here won't survive by itself. We will die. Has no life flowing that only comes from the body. There is an inheritance in the saints. And I'm telling you, we need one another. Ephesians 1.20. He worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. And above every name that is named. Not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as the head over all things to the church. Which is his body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. We said that Ephesians are going to teach us the wealth of the Christian. We're also going to teach us the walk of the Christian. But we're going to close Ephesians with the war of the Christian. Ephesians chapter 6. If you're a Christian for a while, you know we're gonna, what, what is waiting for us in Ephesians chapter 6. Spiritual warfare. Amen. So it is the wealth. It is the walk. It is the war. But before the war, we are well equipped. Come on, somebody. We are well equipped. We are the body of Christ. Now let me close this. He's asking you please to stand up. Today the best thing you can do. Is to be willing to learn again. Would you do that? Do this favor to yourself. I'm, I'm going to commit myself to learn again. Yes, I was just, you know prideful, arrogant in my boasting of thinking that there's nothing else I need to learn would you do yourself this favor be teachable to the word of God wisdom comes from revelation of the word of God this is not an ordinary book it is one single story that paints a beautiful portrait of Christ Jesus and as we look to him we are transformed from one degree of glory to another you don't need self-discipline you don't need another mentoring program what you need is the transformation that comes from revelation God wants to restore your purpose again he wants us to get that, that bachelor, that certificate, that business. God wants you to lead a life group again. God wants you to finally stop to see yourself as an employee and as an employer. God wants you to fulfill your eternal purpose. But one thing I know for a fact is that whatever endeavor, enterprise, you are trying to the church must be part of it the church should be part of your everyday life church is not a sunday morning event 
That's why we don't call it church group, small group. We don't call it whatever, religious group. We call it life group. Because your group is meant to mingle with your life. All right. I will say it. Sorry if I offended you. But you don't need more medicine. You need more church. You really don't need more therapy. You need more church. You, you really don't need more entertainment. Pastor, I'm so tired. You don't need more vacation. You need more church. You don't need more, more. Because this endless pursuit of meaning and purpose will drain all your life. What we need is the fullness of God that it is entrusted to His body, the church.